Welcome to the Thicket and Thistle podcast, a roundtable discussion of our favorite aspects of musical theater. This episode, we discuss the 2019 screen adaptation of Andrew Lloyd Webber's hit musical, Cats. This is episode one of Thicket and Thistle's podcast. Today, we're talking about Cats, the movie musical. What was it, January? It came out in December. It came out before Christmas, but it stayed in our hearts forever. Absolutely. Before we jump into talking about cats, we should let everyone know we're doing this via video conferencing because we're all quarantining from COVID. How is every yeah. COVID crisis doing? How is everyone faring? I'm done, man. I'm ready to be done being in quarantine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Surprise, you got at least another month. <laughs> yeah. I'm taking I'll it pretty well. I'm great. I'll be honest. I feel like it's, I'm a bit of a natural homebody, anyways. And so. It's just playing right into my hands, I feel like. (laughs) But I do miss actually physically seeing people. I feel like that part of it has been extremely hard. It's it's the theater lover inside of me, I feel like, you know? Like it's uh I want to be in the same room as a bunch of people. That to Mm. me sounds very exciting. So yeah, that aspect has been pretty tough, especially with Broadway being shut and all all of that. Yeah, I'm I'm from a big family and we do theater and I love board games. Like everything requires people in the same room. So right now I'm just like, I, I don't know. I'm without my special powers right now. I can't do anything. Yeah, I feel the same way as you, Sam. Like all the things that I love to do involve being able to like face-to-face physically be with people. I mean, like our, our Dominion games are fun. That's like the closest thing that I've found to bringing me the same kind of joy. I found that like, I was really panicked like the first week or so because I like hate being alone. I love being around people. I was worried about everything. And then I left New York and I've been in Oregon for like almost three weeks now. I've started to really appreciate, I think this is the first time cause I'm not working at all. I know some of you are still like working from home, but this is the first time I think in my adult life that I haven't just been exhausted all the time mm. because I like never sleep enough. So I'm like getting enough sleep. I'm eating way healthier. I'm exercising most days, really doing like soul things like the artist's way and hanging out with my mom and my dogs and going outside and stuff. And having so many like video hangouts and playing Dominion online and stuff has like been a huge saver for me. But I've been way more fine with it than I thought I would be. It's interesting how many people I've reconnected with in the last few weeks, just because there's so much time and you know people are at home. Anytime I've called somebody or tried to chat, they've been around, which is really nice. But I've, I've actually gone the opposite way. I need a routine. I need a schedule. And without one, I suffer. I don't have a gym to go to. I really like <laughs> the structure. Uh, I was going to say that I need, I need like the space I'm in to like signify things. So it's like once we're putting up a show and we're into the theater already, my body is like, changing and getting ready for that thing so like the fact that i have to like be at work at home like it, it confuses it on a physical level you know also what confuses me on a physical I've level said... is cats great <laughs> right, segue my first uh, uh question is for everyone at the table i'm curious when was your first experience with cats the musical i'll start i was in a like modern jazz dance company from the age of like 11 to 15 I think Uh. and the first show we did in that company was Cats and it wasn't any singing it was just a bunch of like 11 to 13 year olds like dancing to the soundtrack basically but still great great experience I actually found some photos from it the other day, um, yeah, of me dressed as a cat as an 11 year old. So maybe I'll grab those. And I will say, I don't know, I might be the only person in this group, but I will start by saying I am like a genuine Cats the Musical lover. Like I truly do love this musical, which I know a lot of people don't, but I love it. I'm a defender. Uh, Can I ask a clarifying question there? Do you love Cats, the Broadway version, or does this new film adaptation lump into things you love about Cats? Uh, I love the Broadway musical Cats. Um, And I love things about this movie. (laughs) Uh, Lindsay, what about you? When when was your first experience with Cats? 
I think I must have been late in grade school. Um, and I thought about this. My friend uh, Bess had just gone to see it. I had never seen it on stage. I think it was like her birthday party and we we're hanging out in her room and she was like, you know, I just saw this awesome musical. And she, I remember her like describing the scene for McCavity and turning all the lights off in a room because like there was just a blackout in the, in the in the musical or something. And she played the CD and like reenacted the whole dance for me. And so that's the uh, most of the stage version I've ever gotten. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. What about you, Kyle? Yeah, Cats for me, uh, I always knew about Cats as kind of a dance show. And I was not a dancer when I was starting out in theater. I still am not a dancer, but, <laughs> but a lot of my friends and collaborators that I was doing theater with in high school were pretty into Cats. And I think because, partly because uh, it had been released in, I think 1998 as a, like a VHS of the stage version. Mm-hmm. And so I remember being at it's a so sleepover, good. like my freshman year of high school, putting on cats at like 11 p.m. <laughs> like just totally nerding out with a bunch of people who were like singing along and probably like very much disrupting their parents sleep and all that. Yeah, so to me it always had this weird kind of like it's it's not a musical that I would put on and listen to, but it's something that I enjoyed with other people. Mm. And I feel like that spirit has very much carried into the film adaptation. Nice. What about you, Sam? Uh, I never saw anything on stage. Uh, my friend in elementary school had seen like the touring production. I remember being in my best friend's nephew's basement. I mean, we were all kids at the time and he was like seven. He was watching the VHS. So I saw like a two minute segment of that famous VHS until I saw the movie musical. So I'm truly... Like fr- I was fresh going into the movie musical. Wow. And I and we'll get into it. We'll get into it. But that's my experience with cats. <laughs> Josh, what about you? I saw it in college. I think it was one of those moments where someone was talking about it and I mentioned that I had not seen it and the entire group like freaked out. It was a collective <laughs> gasp and they were like, You must watch this immediately. And to their credit, like all the theater nerds were like, We're making this happen and we watched it very soon thereafter it was the west end version from the 90s and um yeah late in life i guess but that's the first time as an adult weren't you also in cats josh yes i uh was in (laughs) a version of cats (laughs) who would you play what role were you who would you play uh i played rum tum tugger rum tum tugger is a curious cat (laughs) he is (laughs) Uh, and I've seen it in, actually like two other stage versions of it. So I, I have not seen it. I did not see the revival in New York when it was up because I had at that point seen it like three times and was like, I don't need to see this. But um, I'm good. Josh, I'm, uh, you've seen this musical more than anyone else in our group. Yeah, I, yeah. I've I've probably seen it the most. I've seen it a bunch of times that I've been yeah. in it. I'm familiar from the inside, and I'm a, I'm a lover of it from the inside. I have a lot of great things to say about it. I think this is great. I love that we have some some John, what about you? The show. I I was in sixth grade and it was like sixth grade was the first year that you could take a theater class. And so of course I took it. And um when we did like our like chapter on musicals, we had to watch cats and we all like made cat masks and um I choreographed my own dance to uh the the opening number, the Jellicle. Jellicle songs for Jellicle cats. Mm-hmm. And I remember I was like, I was a very big sixth grader, very big. And I, while I was choreographing, I was choreographing as if I were a cat. And so I was jumping around, rolling around, flipping, stomping. And the room that I was in was right above my parents' bedroom. And like 2 a.m. one night, my dad comes like rushing up the stairs. He's like, what are you doing? It is so loud. You are banging and jumping. What? To what? (laughs) That's dad. But it was the Broadway kids bop. And so quite wonderful. Wait, so John, you're more familiar with the kids' sh- bop version of Cats? 
I have very little, like, I, I saw the movie when I was in sixth grade and I listened to the Jellicle songs for K Jellicle Cats, Kids Bop, and just those two is my slice of cats. I just want to share, I found uh, these photos, if you can see. That's me as an 11-year-old, you know. What hissing. cat were you? I was Bombalarina, of course. Amazing. And then I also that forgot. One. I Bombalari knows Taylor Swift. <laughs> Which one's Taylor Swift in the movie? She sings McCavity. She sings McCavity. Okay. And I also took McCavity to state in state acting competition in high school, I just remembered. Wow. We qualified for state in musical duo. <laughs> yeah. I love that song. <laughs> For people who don't know what that is, if you're from a small school in a small state, that is like a process where you compete with like short sections of songs or plays or in dramatic readings, poems, that kind of thing. The way art's supposed to be uh, experienced through competition. Yes. <laughs> Let's dig into this movie though. This movie. Mm. Oh, it's so good. I first want to ask, like, I, I, what was each of your experiences, like, the first time you saw this movie? A lot of us went uh, together in a group, and we went to see it in a proper movie theater. It was a bit after its release, about a month and a half after its release, if I'm not mistaken. It's, like, early, early February. And we... We had to go to this AMC in Manhattan, and we uh, first visited a bar like a block away, and um, kind of you know prepared ourselves to receive this movie, and uh, <laughs> we ended up going up a like really truly insane amount of like escalators and staircases. Oh yeah, there were like it was like seventh floor or something, or and the floor. elevator was broken. We had to go on all, all the escalators. Yeah. It was the actual top floor of this cinema, this multi-story cinema, and we didn't go into the right theater. There were two theaters, and we went in the wrong one first. We just picked one because we were kind of kind of drunk and so yeah i guess i forgot that <laughs> i yeah. went in and asked oh, yeah, someone we in the theater and, like, and was like is this cats <laughs> nope i had cat ears on too yeah. <laughs> they were like no get out of our theater we're watching a, a serious movie we're all like we like sneak out <laughs> my cavity was there a was there a big crowd when you guys watched? Totally full, yeah. full house, hundred oh, percent full. That's great. And I word was say... out. We knew it was bad. Everyone, everyone was a packed theater for a bad movie. We were all excited. Yeah, great. I will say my first within the first two minutes of the movie, I leaned over to Sam and said, "This is more horrifying than I ever could have imagined." <laughs> Let's not forget when the trailer dropped, we had rehearsal stopped for us and we had a big long argument when that trailer dropped about whether this movie was gonna be good Oh or not. man, I was so excited. That trailer is re cut really well and it like, it hits all the right notes for the music. The cats looked like kind of weird and sexy and all the things I love about cats, it like, it got me excited for it. I have something to say about the sexiness of the cats, but that can wait till later. I have pages of notes on the sexiness of the cats. While we're on the trailer though, maybe this is a good time to bring up that the recent cats news is that there's been some um, yeah. revelations recently from folks on the design and animation team for the film Cats talking about the director and about their experience animating this movie, particularly about the buttholes of the cats, but yes. there's also a lot <laughs> more in there. One thing that really struck me is that the time frame that they talk about is that they had six months to make the trailer, and then they had four months to animate the rest of the feature film <laughs> Cats. What? Josh, you're doing a little bit of light animation right now. <laughs> I want to ask you, if someone was like, make a two minute trailer entirely animated, how long would you estimate that would take you? Oh, I don't know. It depends on what it is. A couple of weeks for what, how I do stuff. But I mean, they obviously scale up or down with the number of animators they use, but that is like 
an insane statistic to hear that yeah if it takes <laughs> you like months, six weeks to make like a two minute animated thing like top to more bottom than that like look at a 20 minute tv episode of like family guy they usually take nine months to animate something like that yeah. it's 20 minutes and it's like barely three-dimensional and apparently they were all working like hella overtime like 60 hour weeks 80 hour weeks yeah and wait, can we back up a sec? Is there a, a version of this movie that has cat buttholes and that was like not released? Like, it what has is not been released. But it exists? Like what is the story here? I believe there was a cut of it, right, Kyle? The original theatrical cut or like the one that was prepared to be released. They got last minute feedback that the buttholes were <laughs> becoming a bit distracting or- We're gonna give it a 17 rating. So they had a- <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's so funny! Clean up the cat buttholes. <laughs> it's insane that that is a choice that was made like after the fact. Yeah, the uh, team was like meticulously animating cat animating buttholes. I think it was like they weren't that egregious. It sounded like, but it was just apparently very um, nope. kind of distracting and like one of those things that you couldn't you couldn't unsee it once you started to notice it. Yeah, especially when you have Rebel Wilson like. Ooh legs <laughs> and like leaning back oh, i can't even yeah Ooh. we'll get to rebel wilson <laughs> john did you see it alone so i saw a double feature the day that i saw cats i paid for a ticket to see bombshell which was great and then the theater literally right next door to it uh was showing cats and it like as when i got out of bombshell it was like cats is starting in 10 minutes i was like well i'm here might as well <laughs> I had the entire theater to myself. So I sat in the very back row, of course, and about 10 minutes into the movie, two kids come and sit in like two rows in front of me and just made out the whole time. Oh God. Yeah. And I was very drunk. And so like, I was coming down from all of it while Cats was happening. And I was just like, no. <laughs> Oh, and it was, I, I, I did not like it at all the first time I saw it. So you've seen it twice? Yeah, I watched it again yesterday with the amount of like distance that has been put between it. And like, I knew the animation was gonna be hard to watch and I knew that it was not the musical. It was like something very different. And so watching it a second time through, I actually had a lot of appreciation for it in a way. Once you get past like all the things that everybody says was terrible about it, there are a lot of things in it that's like, oh, this is actually, okay, I see what you're doing. But we can talk about that later. Josh, yeah. what? Yeah, you just saw it for the first time, right? Yes, I watched it two days ago. It is uh, early April as of recording this, so I waited a very long time. I had very low expectations because I had heard so many terrible things about it and your guys' experience, like, loosely, I had heard a little bit about. But I have to say, my it exceeded my very low expectations <laughs> in so many ways. Yeah. I, I was really very enchanted by the first, like, five minutes and then we got to Rebel Wilson's song and like reality started to fall apart. And like from then on there, Rebecca and I were like, I think she at one point was, I said, man, I'm really enjoying this. And she was like, really? She checked out of loving it, I think a little earlier than me, but very strange experience. If you have any experience with the film or the stage show itself, it's like a, it's almost a different thing. And I think to your point, John, it's a good thing to keep in mind that it's like, I have to like come to terms with what it is. And it's, it misses so many of the things that I think a lot of people love about Cats the Musical, but it does so many good things great, which I can't wait to talk about. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Okay, so my first question, which actor or actress was like, oh man, I'm so excited that they are a part of this or like, I loved what they did in this. Like, who was your favorites? Gus the Theater Cat is maybe my least favorite song in the show. And I was very perplexed as to why Ian McKellen would be in Cats. And then he ended up being my favorite part of the movie from like, what he did, the like King Lear version he did of Gus the Theater Cat. Huh. And then like, when he, you walk in on him drinking milk from a saucer and he's just like, <laughs> and then when there's a bunch of cats running by the, the camera and you just hear him go, meow, 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 meow. <laughs> meow, meow, just, meow. His, his <laughs> performance is so good. Uh, and it made me love Gus the Theater Cat and made me love Ian McKellen even more, which I didn't know was possible. Him like interrupting his own big moment to like scratch himself on a, po on a post 
is maybe one of my favorite things ever because it's literally like in this it's this big moment they're like walking forward towards the camera the camera's pulling back and then Ian McKellen just sort of like goes over to a post and is just like <laughs> oh, Kyle just froze for me in that position <laughs> me too <laughs> he, he just froze <laughs> in the most perfect position <laughs> 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 I want it to last forever uh, when Rachel and I were watching last night, I was like, James Corden and Rebel Wilson are like the comedy parts of this movie, and it's by far the most cringy parts of the movie. Yes. And then Ian McKellen and Judy Dench are the funniest parts of the movie. Without oh it. yeah, so good. I agree with this. These those were the two that I like hooked me in the trailer. I was like, I will see it for Dame Judy Dench and for Ian McKellen. And I was also excited for all of the dancers that they got. There's like a bunch of people in the cast who are actual like theater dancers i think i'm gonna chime say, in for a second uh, yeah. um because i think jules you said to me after you were like they actually ironically did themselves no favors by animating the dancers because the dancers and the choreography itself was incredibly impressive and wonderful to watch but so just the raw they, footage of that and the been... animation makes it look fake Right. Like, right. The fact that they animated over all the dancing makes it look like they're not really doing the dancing. It's like they have these amazing dancers doing incredible things. And then it just all looks that that's where the animation really loses me. They have like I mean, it jumps. loses me every step of the way. <laughs> yeah, anytime that there was somebody on a wire getting like flung around on a wire, it just it looked so silly. It looked like they were on a string. You feel with like all the power they have to animate things, they could make someone leaping through the air look cat-like and feel cat-like, and instead it just feels like a human on a rope, like being pulled. <laughs> the the my a moment that I noticed of Ian McKellen uh, when I watched it yesterday is right before he goes. So so the girl, what's the girl's name? Victoria. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Made up character, right? She's not in the original. Yes. Vic- yes, she is. Yeah. No, She's yeah, yeah. the white cat who has like the naming of dance. Oh, for some reason, I thought that that character was added because so all the songs she sang, well, with the exception of one, but a lot of those songs were added. Those were not okay. part of the original thing. Oh, there are multiple songs. Well, added. and in the original, yes. it's not like they're not like telling a cat the story. They're telling the audience all these stories. So for the movie, they brought in a character to be like explaining all these things so they're not like yeah. staring down the barrel of the camera, I would assume is why Which I love, that. and then they have Judy Dench turn to the camera and like melt our brains at the end. It doesn't, not mm. in a good way. Oh. Mm, I would say it's a very good way. No. <laughs> I would not like that moment because to me, I was like, oh, this is Shakespeare. This is like. <laughs> Dude, I- they, spent, they spent 90 minutes with the framing device that they're talking to a new white cat. So like all the songs are sang to her, like we have this incredible setup for the audition sequence they all go through to get picked. Like, I think it's all very clever. And then they ruin it by turning to the camera and singing to us for a minute and a half. But you know what, to be fair, like they spent so little time on people's faces that it's just nice to sit there and like watch an actor for like two minutes. Cause I was like just starving for it at that point. Kyle, what was, what what about you? What was your favorite actor? Um, I was very excited about um, seeing Taylor Swift as a cat and because I don't know also like Idris Elba I was pretty excited about as well <laughs> like I was super curious to see I guess like how much of a nerd Taylor Swift really is because mm-hmm. I feel like she's been cultivating this kind of persona that's a little bit like on the edgy side or whatever or like and Cats is just such a wholesome weird like kids musical kind of you know what I mean so it it was kind of interesting to me I'm like oh like what's this going to be like like is she going to play it really edgy or like what's the (laughs) what's the outcome of this going to be yeah I don't know and it was super bizarre I would say it was my kind of my reaction to it I felt like she was she she like wrote this song with Andrew Lloyd Webber that they kept playing and it was like fun kind of weird (laughs) song that did song yeah yeah yes which gets reprised i went to the bathroom during the ghost song and then it gets reprised later in the show and i was like what i think that was the moment when the entire theater was silent and i just go what like really loudly (laughs) it was beautiful Lindsay, what about you what was your your favorite actor moment um, I don't know, this might be a boring answer, but the there was like a narrator 
like the guy who was basically the narrator. Do you know who I'm talking about? Strap. I just enjoyed watching him, his performance and his reactions to things. Mm-hmm. Um, like you're talking about the Judy Dench monologue at the end. Actually, I watched him more than I watched her. Yeah, yeah me too. Honestly, same mm-hmm. for that part. I was like, these people are into this. Mm-hmm. Fairchild was the lead actor in American in Paris. Did any of you all see American in Paris? He was captivating like there's a few there there are very few dancers who i like when i watch like musical theater ballets or i'm like oh this is really captivating and in american in paris he was so good robbie fairchild i'm glad you said that Lindsay. good answer he's just he has a way of like kind of pulling you into his performance yeah Yeah. i felt like there was a lot of running time of this film was devoted to watching him like like leap into place and sort of (laughs) and like listen with his whole body yeah I want to comment on Taylor Swift really quick because I was not excited that Taylor Swift was going to be in this movie. And hey, I love Taylor Swift's music, but I was like, why? Get an actor. And then I was uh, equally as disappointed by her performance. Same, same. I will say, again, you guys guys know I love McCavity. I took it to state in high school. And I was... Not pleased. I feel like you're projecting, though. You know what I mean? I feel like you wish it was you instead of Taylor Swift. I do. <laughs> it's just that is the one opportunity in the show where, like, someone can be like overtly sexy, and the song is supposed to be sexy, and she's mm-hmm. not. It like is so wooden, and she's so weird. It's just a wasted opportunity, which is basically what my. And she's wearing heels. I was uh, underwhelmed. We cats by her performance, wearing tennis shoes. So. There were no rules, Jules. There's no rules for any of this movie. It's like it well, starts out yeah, like there's right. going to be rules, what are the, and then... what are the rules? Oh, we find out at the end. Who yeah. said the that during end. the show? Someone was like, "What are the rules?" My friend Anthony, yeah. who went with us, leaned over and was like what are the rules? Because he didn't know what he was getting into. I was just like, we're hanging out tonight. I'll buy your movie ticket. And he came with all of us to Cats and had never seen Cats. And he was like, what? Why? <laughs> Sam and me, actor, actress. Um, I I was talking about kind of how disappointed I was in the, in the com- comedian's performance of their comedy roles mm-hmm. a little bit already with James Corden and Rebel Wilson. Um, and I just piggybacked on any time somebody said something Ian McKellen because I think he was the best in the movie by far. <laughs> and Skimbleshanks. Skimbleshanks was Oh, great. God, that sequence is so good. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the most successful His sequence of the film. His dance is the best thing in the movie. Is I mean, tap dancing on, a, so cool. on a, yeah. When he's on tap the railroad dancing. track. Oh, it's, yeah, it's mm-hmm. great. It's so good. And he's, the, so good. he's such a good, he walks that line of like, he's like a sexy cat, but he's like doing like a very like acrobatic sort of very awesome dance and so it sort of helps to kind of dilute the like weirdness of the fact that this cat is being sexy or like i don't know maybe it was just far enough into the movie where i'd sort of like stopped minding it as much or like i don't know <laughs> when they all get to like where the jellicle ball is that's like the first time that he shows up and you i noticed it because i was like who is that cat that gets red pants none of the other cats have pants and <laughs> According to the rules, like three minutes in, they wear their clothes underneath their skin and they can unzip their Don't even... fur and have clothes underneath. Sure, so. sure. I, um, That's the most horrifying wrote, movie. I'm looking at Sam. He uh, he wrote that down. It's, it's so strange. The skin suit has to be addressed right now. I feel like this does fall into yeah, what are the it. rules. What yeah. are the rules of cats wearing their own skin? Skin? As well, here, clothes? yeah, in, in preparation for this, here's what I, I came to on this point, which is that, like, I feel like Broadway show is successful in, in asking the question, what if cats sang? And that's, like, <laughs> basically what it fulfills. The movie goes, let's expand on that with, like, what if they had magic? And what if they could talk? And what if their skin unzipped? They, like, just <laughs> said yes to everything. And that, to me, encapsulates. Too many what ifs. Yeah. I don't know. I think that... I think that the original story didn't answer enough questions and made the movie have to do too much work. No, I think a really good stage production of it, like good actors and dancers don't need dialogue to make sense of it. And that is one of the like unique things about that show is that it has one premise, which is like, what if cats danced and sang? And <laughs> it, they don't, they don't do much else. I'm reading 
the Wikipedia for Cats the Musical. The musical was scheduled to open on the April 30th, 1981. So we're actually coming up on an anniversary for Cats here pretty soon. Wow. Um, And shortly before tickets went on sale in mid-February, so that's literally like two months before it's supposed to open, Trevor Nunn revealed to alarmed producers that he was struggling to write the script for the musical. Despite still having no established book or score, rehearsals began on the 9th of March, 1981 in London. And the original music director became so frustrated with the unfinished score that he quit by lunchtime and was replaced. (laughs) Um, But apparently they like had extensive improvisation sessions, it sounds like, with all the actors to figure out what the hell it is they were trying to do or say. Every every musical, I'm sure there's exceptions, but every musical that I know from the West End is always just like a little bit like, hmm, (laughs) what? Almost there, almost there. <laughs> so the fact that Cats started in the West End, I was like, that makes sense. It's just one of those, like, it's not quite an American musical theater piece yet. Not quite there. Um, well, it did move here. John, who was your actor that you were years. excited about? I have two answers. The first one is that in the movie itself, I actually, I'm going to get some shade for this, but I actually like James Corden because of his, like, I do too. Like the whole, like the bit with the seesaw where like the skinny cat jumps on is like, well, this isn't gonna work. Like I, I, it, I laughed so hard both times I saw it. Um, and then he nuts himself on the pole. Yeah, it's his. And then- I, I agree, John. I watched the first 40 minutes of Cats right before we got on this call. And I was, I loved that seesaw moment. I will say, I think he's funny. He also- <laughs> where um uh, uh McCavity keeps calling him like puss and spats or something like that <laughs> he has the ad lib of like well he doesn't know but I actually like that name so jokes on him <laughs> the jokes on him <laughs> also shame on all of us not mentioning best supporting actress Jennifer Hudson yeah eh. what a travesty as a Oscar for being the best supporting actress in a musical. She won for having a sad ballad in the middle of a crazy musical. And it feels like in Cats, I was so excited for her. And then it happened and I was like, oh no. (laughs) Like, this isn't good. It's not good. And in in the second time through watching it, I even, I, I, I was just like, I just feel like somebody was like, Jennifer, just show up and make us cry. Thanks, you can go now. And there was just nothing behind it. Yeah, agreed. My favorite moment with Jennifer Hudson is the first time we meet Grizabella mm-hmm. and they're singing Grizabella the Glamour Cat and they're like, get out of here, rare. And she starts, she turns and starts walking away sadly. And then she gets into the alley and gets on her hands and knees and starts crawling like a cat. Again, what are and the rules? And then it cuts back to them. And then it cuts back to her. And I'm like, how much? Why? Why? Come on. What are we doing? I don't think they did her any favors, those producers and directors. Definitely not give her a favor by giving her what I call the Viola Davis nose drip because she has like just one booger that drips down and rests right here like Viola Davis in Doubt, except for Viola Davis in Doubt, it was organic and it you saw it travel, but with Jennifer Hudson, it was just like, there it is. Out of her nose, yeah. Yeah, I just want to say that this is something I've noticed throughout this Cats experience. And I don't know if this is intentional or not, but a part of it does kind of mimic my sense of like real life cats where they're just like so fully in their own reality and they don't apologize or listen to you. So that like, when a cat is upset or like freaked out or being sexy or whatever, like it's just gonna do that thing regardless of other context. So like <laughs> this kind of sense of like entertainment relativism that has gone so awry in cats, like maybe is mimicking real life cats, who knows? Well, that's a good you point, just blew, Kyle. Blew wow. my mind a little bit. And just when I think I like it, it just scratches me and I'm like, why? <laughs> Sam, take it away. What 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 rules questions do you got? Okay, I got some questions, you guys. Question one, let's just let's just say it. What size are they? Oh, well, this didn't bother How big me. Are these I, didn't, I didn't find it that troublesome. I know this was something that was like pretty panned in some articles and stuff, but it 
it only Look at bothered me during Rebel Wilson's song because they're like going through windows and like jumping on tables, jumping under tables. Oh guys, we have not talked about the most horrifying aspect of this movie though. The children mice. <gasps> yeah, what are the rules? What are the rules? And, and when she eats like three cockroaches that are all humans dressed up like cockroaches and she just bites off their heads and it's horrifying. Sam, were there other spots where the size bothered you? Absolutely. Skimble Shank's song, which is one of the best in the show, the cats are like mice on the railway. Yes. They're so tiny in that scene. And then, yeah, that Rebel Wilson scene has a lot of problems. When they're when they're like blocking the door for the dog, they also seem like way too small. Oh, yeah. The hardest I laughed yeah. was in, in that Skimbleshanks sequence. They go out onto the railway tracks and there's a like a really far away wide shot where it's just like itty tiny little bitty things. Yeah. The railway bridge, and it made me laugh so hard because <laughs> it, they were like, you couldn't even see them. Yeah. The shadows moving. By the way, the idea that they didn't have a script, I'm going back to the theatrical production. <laughs> the idea they didn't have a script and they just improvised the dialogue. I want to go cat style with one of our shows one time where we just write the songs and figure the rest out later. Uh, yes, 100%. Um, okay. Hell yeah. So I got a question. Is <laughs> is this a cat world? Slash, where are the people? Ooh, Wasn't that a story I have element, a thing though? about this. The movie... The movie opens with a car driving and a human throwing Victoria away, right? Yes, And yes. then we never see another human. And then we're going around to all these cat places like the milk bar, which is a fucked up scene in, in uh, Rum Tum Tugger. So it's like a bar for cats, obviously. And then there's like- But the, the stools are theater. still human size. Right? It's right. like- I have a theory about this. It is cats- acclimating to a world without human beings okay is it so, coronavirus no well. all human beings have become horribly embroiled in some kind of like weird scenario where they've either turned into mice or cockroaches all human beings are now mice or cockroaches the dominant species on the planet is now cats but the legacy of human beings in terms of like architecture and other things are still around so mm -hmm. There's still like trash cans and lights and not, I've not thought about this once. Well, no, I think it's a cat world. I don't know. <laughs> well, but there's the person. Yeah. There's a there's human the person at, the at the beginning. Isn't there a human in the Mongo Jerry and Rumple teaser song where they're like, no. coming? I oh, it is. They live. Mongo Jerry and Rumple teaser are supposed to be like the pets of a rich family. Like they live mm. in a house. Here's I, we hear them like like there's a like Maybe. like drops a, a plate or something and there's like what was that i'm coming down and then that's when that's they... the dog oh maybe that's what i'm thinking of i think that's when the dog starts barking how big is the dog but it is they're talking we, we never about... see it it feels big though yeah you're right that door seemed enormous <laughs> right also, yeah, in that Mungo Jerry and Rumpel teaser, they're like on the kitchen or the dining room table and they're like tiny and they can like fit on a little tiny dish or like on the bed they're tiny, but then other times they're human size, really. Yeah. yeah. And then All right, so we think cat world or? I say human. Cat it's a human cats world. living in a human world. It's the human world, yeah. All right. Uh, I have which is worst, the movie or the source material, but I get the feeling that everyone thinks the movie. <laughs> yeah. I love the musical. Or is the movie an appropriate representation of the kind of like specialty disaster that the musical is? I don't know because no. I haven't seen the stage I one. I don't think you I could say that the say stage so. one is a disaster. It ran for so many years. It was like so super, super successful. Everybody's seen Cats. This one's a little specific. Why does McCavity have magic and the magical Mr. Mistopheles <laughs> have to try so hard? Yeah. Yeah. Good question, man. Good question. Let's get Tom Hooper on the call and uh, see what their creative discussions were. I think were. that the whole deal with Mistopheles is he's like this young aspiring magician. Right. And but it feels like McCavity's a sorcerer. It does feel that way. Good call. Is that in the stage play? 
Yeah. What's the dynamic in the stage version? The cavity no. does not have magic. Mistopheles <laughs> sort of has some magic. It depends on how it's staged. But like no cats have magic. They invented all kinds of stuff for this movie, which I applaud. Like I think going for it is great. Yeah, I'm torn about that because like on one end, I wanted to be like, what if this was just like a song cycle like it is in the musical basically without trying to tell any other story. But then the other side of it, I'm like, well, I'm kind of appreciative that they did try to make a story out of it of like McCavity stealing the cats so that he could be the only one who could get into the heavy side lair. This actually segues into your next question really nicely, which is what deviations from the original did we like? Because I think mm -hmm. this, like all the inventive stuff they did to like make it more cohesive as a story, most of it worked for me. Yeah. I don't think giving McCavity magic or writing dialogue really worked at all, but the yeah. rest of the story worked. Yeah. To me, like the deviation that like I was really excited about was watching Jennifer Hudson fly away in that hot air balloon and then like disappearing out. I was like, oh, that's that's really cool. What other what other things did we not see in the musical that we saw in the movie that was like, oh, this is good. I mean, we got to talk about the dialogue and all these scenes that they added. The barge? I, I kind of liked it. I thought it Wait, was very funny. Are we talking about things we liked or didn't like? <laughs> no, we're just talking about deviations and, and what worked. Okay, my the deviation that makes me the most angry, and I know nobody else is going to care, but this is because I love Cats the Musical, is Mongo Jerry and Rumpel teaser the song is like one of my favorite songs in the musical. It's a great song. And for some reason, the melody of the song is completely rewritten for the movie. They have all the same lyrics, same characters, same ideas, but the melody is rewritten and it is way not as good. And I'm so baffled as to why they would do that. Cause it's the only original song that they changed the melody for. And uh, yeah, that's my biggest deviation anger. Did they moment. do the Mongo Jerry and Rumpel teaser like tandem flip? To me, no, that. No, you mean the most iconic move in the show? <laughs> Cats move. I know. What else? I loved that they had um, tails that seemed real. I thought that was a really great use of the animation. Like when you see it on stage, they're just like floppy. <laughs> Kind of hanging tails. They had cat. They had tail choreography, which was great. My next question is, why are the tails so icky? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would find that. I would say the tails are one of the most disturbing parts. Rachel couldn't get over them. They're sort of like I they worked. Grasping tentacle tails. You know what I mean? They're very kind of prehensile, like monkey tails. Yeah. You're Anytime right. someone sang into their tail like it was a microphone, I'm like, what the fuck are we doing? Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Like Rebel uh, Wilson in her song. There was a lot of anatomy issues that I had about <laughs> Rebel Wilson's track in particular. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's nope. kind of like how I can imagine like, I would say if you have like a pet, how they might be freaked out when you take your shoes off for the first time in front of them. Cause they're like, oh my God, your feet. Like, are you okay? <laughs> and so they realize like, oh, you have shoes on. I don't know. They they really they really freaked me out in this movie about the, the are we wearing our skin or not? The skin unzipping would not have bothered me as much if it wasn't a plot point to get her free. Oh I was God. like, that's right. It happens again. Like it's yeah. horrifying the first time, and then it happens again. Yeah. And now I'm thinking like, okay, like as someone who has written musicals before and been like, well, fuck, how are we going to get them out of this? Oh, I know. We'll have them unzip their unzip their skin, of course. Yeah, And somehow that will unchain you from a, a giant barge post. Yeah. I don't and understand the logic. We do that now, then we have to do it earlier so that it's not a surprise when she does it. In her song. Judy Dench should have said, a cat is not a snake. That's the last one. My last question was, is a cat a dog? <laughs> no, but they might be snakes. I don't know. <laughs> I, I would have to say, going back to the tail thing, the tail thing disturbs me. The way their tails move disturbs me in the same way that uh, the sexuality of these cats. There's yes. like human sexuality. And there's these moments when they're like, are clearly like turned on, I guess. And their tails go like, mm, 
you know, and it's just like, oh no. I think that's one of the. I want to argue for that. That's one of the charms of the show. Is it's like really beautiful dancers in like bodysuits. When you see it on stage, that is part of the weird pleasure of it. Is the confusion between animals and people, and I think playing with that sexuality is what makes the show so interesting. Weird drag. I totally agree with that, Josh. If you're watching the stage show and you're watching these like beautiful dancer bodies like interacting with each other. But in this, so much of it I feel like is in their faces in the same, and it makes me uncomfortable in the same way that in The Lion King during Can You Feel the Love Tonight, they tumble and Nala gives him like hella sex eyes. And you're like, I don't, I don't want to see a cat giving sex eyes. I'll see human dancer bodies like being sexy, but I don't want the cats to be like. Yeah, I hear that. I think that uncomfortable feeling is like part of the point. The old West End version is like kind of bizarrely, like John, you said something kind of like weirdly drag about it. And I think that that's, it is that's accurate. Because literally think about it, like these actors are getting into these cat suits and they are like assuming an entirely new character, like a new persona. And I mean, like, Josh, you've been in Cats. I know a few people who have been in Cats. They think they're cats. Like, that's kind of the thing, right? Well, I didn't. I'm not a very good uh, cat actor. I wasn't um, that into it. But I think you're right. If you're in a bodysuit crawling all over a, a big group of people, like, you can't you, help it. Okay. Is there a difference between sexy cat drag and just being a furry? Yes. And I think one, I think they only achieved true success with this with one character and it was it was McCavity. Idris Elba takes off his coat he's the only performer in the show who they gave like a very shiny coat to and like you could see his muscle definition like he's the only cat who looked sexy to me and wasn't like sort of furry and just like kind of flat looking I thought it was totally missed with all the rest of the the actors who like they have amazing dancers in that show too they should be showing that shit off you're gonna say I'm I'm incredulous. I can't believe you think that the one they got right was Idris Elba. He's the grossest looking one. It's the no. one where it's like, there's not enough fur on him. It looks exactly. like, like sparse. And yeah, exactly. you can see his muscles on his like weird cat sexy body. That's it doesn't help that like every woman in the world has like a crush on Idris Elba. And I'm like looking at this like cat man and I'm like, I don't get it, you know? And he has glowing green eyes also. And he's the only yeah. cat that has like weird glowing eyes. Well, he probably says, also, can we says just take a me. second to say Idris Elba, if you're listening out there, get well soon because Better, buddy. he tested positive for coronavirus. Oh no, that is such, that's such a bummer. I mean, look at that paragon of manhood. He'll be okay. He'll be fine. We've been giving Idris Ilba. I want to direct our attention to the other sexy man in this show, which is Jason. Jason Derulo. <laughs> Can I tell you that I, first time I saw it, I didn't really get much sexiness from Jason Derulo. Ugh. But the second time through, I viewed him. Do, did you all, do you all remember the movie Hook? With Robin Williams. Yeah, I was Doi. just gonna make this comparison. Yeah. He is giving me Rufio vibes. Hard yeah. one moment where he like like looks around and like does one of these things, and I was like, that's Rufio. That's Rufio. And then for the rest of the time, I was I was turned on by him because Rufio was one of my like first like mm. celebrity crushes or like like character crush mm. his his rendition of that song Who doesn't is, love Rufio? it's so successful i feel like he scaled the like song and the singing to a screen performance really really well mm -hmm. it just works because josh like, i would uh, like to ask you who did it better jason derulo or joshua sensa jason derulo one thousand <laughs> percent i don't believe it i'm gonna need to see some video proof of this or at least <laughs> where did you do it what where did you do uh, <laughs> I don't really want to talk about it. <laughs> um, I will say this as an actor, I always share the story when people ask. Being in Cats, it's the, the time I realized that like the idea of a mask for an actor is really, really useful because I really struggled through the whole rehearsal process. with the, like I'm not very much of a dancer, so I was like kind of faking it. But the second we got our costumes and our makeup on, I looked in the mirror and was like, oh, I know what I'm supposed to do here. My whole thing was like sticking out my tongue and like just being this big swinging dick. That was like the whole, that was basically my cat. But I think it's a great, it was just a great learning opportunity for me. Did I do it well? No, but did it make some light bulbs click? I think so. 
That's funny that you say that about Rum Tum Tugger doing the sw swinging dick thing because there was a whole thing when the movie first came out that Jason Derulo tweeted, he like threw a fit because they edited out his package yeah. and he was oh, very upset about it. I've seen this photo. Wait, what? I'm going to look this up. I mean, he's got a big hog. Good for him. All I want to see is a nice big cat dick, you know? Okay. All right, that makes the That makes the buttholes so confusing that like, they were going to include buttholes, but not other genitalia. It's like such a, like they had to make that choice. I don't know if butthole is a genitalia. No? Yeah, but it goes in the same the same thing. area. I'd rather see genitalia than a butthole. If you're <laughs> God, can you imagine? This movie would be weird. All right, you guys, I can't find any um, photos of Josh in cats on the internet. Give me one if sec. You, if you scroll basically to the beginning of my Facebook page, they're there. It's going to take well, forever. I'm going to give us two more questions. I want to hear from each of you. This is a lightning round. Lightning round question, okay? Which cat character do you identify with the most? To me, Skimbleshanks was just like, I, for whatever reason, like have always been drawn to that character. I, I love the song. The, like, he is like the leader of like merriment and fun. He's like, come follow me. I don't know. I, Skimbleshanks is my answer. Josh, what's your answer? I can totally see that for you. I really love Skimbleshanks too. It's the best song in the show, but I think I identify most with the Victoria, the white cat, this version, because they. I love the framing device of seeing the whole world through her eyes and her being the new person. So yes. I don't feel a strong connection with any of the cats and I'm going to testament that to being too much of a dog. Yeah. Sorry guys. <laughs> I love that. Sam, what about you? Um, I think I'll go with Taylor Swift. I think Taylor Swift is the cat I feel the most you connection to. You just want to swing in on a big moon and, <laughs> I, and I drug everyone don't know. with catnip. It is impossible for me to say that I identify with any of these cats, so I went with the celebrity. Oh man, I would have thought yeah, I was I would have thought uh, Mr. Mistopheles for you for sure. Oh, you're right. I am more a Mistopheles. No, you're right. More no, Kyle, you're right. I guess. See, Kyle too. Yeah. Yeah. What yeah I would say I definitely identify a little bit with Mr. Mistopheles. I feel like I'm mainly a Gus though. I think I'm a Gus oh, right. cat for sure. Like, I love just being like slow and weird and boring. And honestly, here's what I want to say: Is magical Mr. Mistopheles? Oh, there it is. <laughs> it Thank you, Jules. Is, um, Josh? is Magical Mr. Mistopheles really just a cat that's having trouble, like, like getting it up? That's my whole thing. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it, this is an interesting question, Kyle, because I felt the same way, like, the way was, like, fleeing. Can we put this away, please? <laughs> <laughs> it's also interesting because in the musical, Mistopheles is not bad at, at, at magicianery. Right, mm -hmm. and that's not really a plot point that they use at all. And so it was interesting like, that character deviation to me was one of the one of the things that I had on my list of like what deviations were successful. Of like, yeah, what if we make this cat like a little timid and like really trying to do some magic? Yeah, have like a little love story too. I thought that was really sweet. Mm -hmm. And they need a bad guy. Like it's clever to make Mustafa's the bad guy. I think making him magic destroys all the rest of the rules. Rules. What about it's you? Like Sixteen. <laughs> I'm gonna say I I very much identify with the character Bamba Lorena, mm -hmm. but not the Taylor Swift. Mm. I mean, that's the character I played, you know. Before we wrap up, I have one more question. Do we have anything else to talk about cats before I move on? Is there anything else that anybody wants to say? What are the I rules? What are the rules? <laughs> I, really balloon, cherry on I top. think we should we should do a lightning round of like things that are successful. Uh, real quick, I think everything else aside, I think visually it's successful. It like it just looks like the what you imagine a cat's world to look like for me. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's uh, a really it's a testament to the success of the film that you can walk into a theater full of strangers and leave as a family. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> to me, the most successful thing was the choreography. Uh, just it's every sh every scene of the choreography I think is so good. Group choreography, not the solo stuff. That's different. But like, anytime that they're in that big like Jellicle ballroom, that choreography I think is just so beautiful. I think the That's casting. That's Andy uh, Blankenbauer, Hamilton. You know, we know Hamilton. Yeah. Oh. He also did a bunch of, he did 
a lot of things. He did Wedding Singer, right? That's where he got his start was Wedding Singer, I think. What else? What are... Yeah, uh, the, I feel like the casting is why this movie is so important. If this was a bunch of new actors and this thing had been this weird flop, I feel like no one would have cared. But because Judy Dench looked me right in the eyes, because Ian McKellen was in this movie, because Taylor Swift was in this movie, like it made it the spectacular failure that it was and thus more significant than even if the movie had succeeded in more of the traditional ways, this movie's like extra special. Yeah, I would say like, I don't know that I have anything specific that I would say worked, but I would say <laughs> 10 out of 10 would recommend watching. Yeah, Lindsay, what about you? Uh, visually, I do think it was a very stunning piece. I did appreciate the fact that they tried really hard to make a plot out of a show that largely did not have a plot. Mm -hmm. I think it was very evident that they tried really hard to make a plot. Yeah. <laughs> ah, that's great. And I appreciated that effort. I will say, Lindsay, as someone who hadn't known the the non-plot before, it was not evident that they really tried on the plot. <laughs> okay. <laughs> John, but what's your last big your question? So it this is <laughs> fun, and I want to keep doing these, and I'm curious to hear from you all, what are your favorite movie musicals? I, I'll start because I don't want to put you all on the spot. My favorite movie musical, which I just reconnected with last week, is Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Mm. Mm -hmm. I'd be down to give that a rewatch and talk about it. I think that's a great idea. The movie is better than the musical, which doesn't, I, which we can talk about later if we talk about it. But Hedwig, that's my answer. I'll go next. I know he gets a lot of flack and people hate Andrew Lloyd Webber, but my favorite movie musical is the 1970s movie of Jesus Christ Superstar. Oh, it's, it's so, so good. fucking good. It's like, it's all filmed in Israel, in the desert. The actors and dancers are incredible. The singing is amazing. It's just, it's also my favorite musical period, but it's a fantastic movie. Yeah, it's really well made. I used to watch that every year on Easter instead of going to church. Oh my goodness, that might be what I do this Sunday. I, I made a... Sam do that. I made <laughs> yeah. Sam do that in acting school. <laughs> that's an old Juliana tradition. That's amazing. We should all do that on Sunday. Um, I think my favorite movie musical, it's either going to be like Singing in the Rain, something old like that, Classic. or um, Passing Strange. I think is my favorite musical that's been filmed. Uh, it's like pretty recent from like 2007, 2008, filmed by Spike Lee. And it's just like, it's so beautiful. And like, it just really captures, it's a blend of stuff filmed in a studio and shot like live during a performance. So you get like a good sense of it being a show, but also there's like a good amount of intimacy too. What about you? West Side Story. Yeah. Mm -hmm. For a long time, uh, when we first got uh, my dog Rosie, uh, that was the longest movie on Netflix, that and Boyhood. So that's what we'd have like playing in the background. So I got really used to the overture of West Side Story uh. <laughs> as I'd put it on and leave, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, what about you? Um, my favorite, I think the best movie musical is The Producers. Oh. Um, I think that one's just like because it's so modern and the casting is fun and like it's really imaginative. Hairspray is another really good movie musical. Yeah. Um, and I can't believe you it, didn't say Little Shop. For a long time, I didn't even like the Little Shop movie. Now I accept it because I love the stage play so much, but I don't even know what I'm complaining about. If you look at most movie musicals, they're like way worse than the stage play. And Little Shop is pretty good. So, uh, but yeah. Uh, I was also going to say producers, but since that's been said, my number two is uh, South Park, Bigger, Longer, Uncut. If that qualifies as a movie musical. Oh, it for sure come does. on. Yeah. One of the best of all time. Yeah, yeah it hits all Absolutely. the right notes for me. I want to say a runner-up for me. A runner-up for me is The Guys and Dolls with Marlon Brando and Frank Sinatra. Uh, yeah, the original one, that was like so, second so for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you guys like The Wizard of Oz? Yeah. Yeah. That's, Huge fan. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. I'm a medium I a fan. Kid. 
And that's that's an interesting category of movie musicals that started as movie musicals, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like Reefer Madness, I love. Or was that a stage play first? That was a stage play first. Let's do some research. Reefer Madness with Kristen Bell is hysterical. Oh, so Never good. seen it. Wow. Yes. Jules, I'm so excited for you to see Reefer Madness. Oh my god. I love it. It's so good. We are just like Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> I can't wait for In the Heights to be a movie musical. Oh, oh it looks so good. The trailer makes me cry every time I watch it. I it just like yanks at my heartstrings. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. We did it. Cats. We Two. did it. Cats. Meow. Meow. Oh. Meow. Awesome. Well, thanks you everyone for tuning in, watching us nerd out about cats. This has been a lot of fun. We will see you next time on our Bacon and Thistle podcast. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the podcast. You can keep up to date with our latest shows by going to thicketandthistle.org. If you liked what you heard, please follow us on your social media app of choice. We are pretty easy to find. 